Hello, and welcome to Paper Boys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I'm your host, Charlie. And I'm your other host, James. Do you ever hear about science in the news and wonder, isn't there a little more to this story? What's going on with those experiments? Well, every Thursday, Charlie and I go into the actual research papers behind these stories to open up the work behind beautiful new discoveries and to cut through misinformation in the media. Today's episode is about a question that I have been dying to answer since we started Paperboys, James. It is whether eggs are actually good for you or if they're bad for you. This is a monumental day in Paperboys history, I have to say. This is something that we obviously all see in the news all the time, and a recent paper came out that actually attempts to address, once and for all, this ultimate question of eggs. And so hopefully by the end of this episode, we will be able to tease it out a little bit, and maybe some of you can be relieved, and some of you can change your diets. I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything, but... Well, Charlie, I haven't read this paper, but I actually eat two eggs every single day, so I have a lot riding on this paper. So you're... Get ready for a lot of questions. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you might want to tune out, James. Don't want to ruin your day. Or the rest of my life, right? Yeah, yeah. James and I are both PhD students, and we read a lot of papers in the course of our own research. So we started this podcast as a way to share our knack for reading these papers quickly and our love of science with anyone else who wants to learn about new discoveries that affect all of us. We are the paper boys. Before we get started, Charlie and I just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. It makes us really excited to see all of our previous listeners and new listeners who follow us each week. If you haven't already, please do follow us on Instagram or Twitter at PaperboysPod to stay up to date on the latest episodes and content. Also, if you do enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you tell a friend or hit us up with any paper recommendations. Lastly, if you can hear the sound of my voice reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram or social media and just say hi. It's pretty cool to see how broad our listener base is and it makes Charlie and I very excited to see the different places where you guys listen, especially for the graduate students listening in the different types of labs. Get a lot of weird screenshots of like Petri dishes and droppers and things I'm not accustomed to, but it's cool to see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up for sure. We'd love to see what you're working on and where you're doing it. Also, I apologize in advance to everyone. I am coming off of a cold this week, so my voice sounds a little funky, but uh, I'm going to try and keep the phlegm sounds to a minimum this episode, so (laughs) bear with me. Our listeners can send some chicken soup vibes to you, Charlie. Mm, I would appreciate that. Or maybe some eggs. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. I don't know. You You got me on this cliffhanger, man, so let's hear about this story. I'm teasing you a little bit too much. I apologize. So this is, like I said, probably the reason that I wanted to even start Paperboys in the first place. (laughs) This is like the ultimate science news question is, are eggs good or bad for you? Like you've seen that in the news many times and it's kind of like a almost a joke at this point that everyone is aware of, right? Yeah, I've seen articles where it's like, eggs are the healthiest food that you can eat. And then it's like, don't eat too many eggs, they'll kill you. Yeah, and the crux of the eggs being bad for you thing is that 
they have a lot of cholesterol in them, and cholesterol is linked with cardiovascular disease and premature death. And that's why you see people who are sort of health conscious will eat only egg whites because most of that cholesterol is in the yolk. The yolk's the best part, though. I know. Egg whites are so boring. No one wants to eat that. Yeah. But eggs are also good for you because they have tons of nutrients and they're also very protein rich. And it also has like choline, which I guess is something that that you need a good amount of. Um, so it's got all these different things in it that are that make it a good food. Okay. So why is it, Charlie, that eggs flip back and forth in the media between villain and superhero food? Yeah. So I kind of wanted to know that too. It's one of those things where I was aware of it just from seeing news all the time, but more just sort of chose to ignore because I was like, I like eggs. I'll just selectively choose the articles that say eggs are good and, and feel okay about my diet choices. But I, you know, I found this good article from the Daily Beast called Why No One Can Decide Whether Eggs Are Good or Bad for You. An existential question. Ooh, so cheeky. That's too good. It's too good not to click on. Yeah. So I checked out this article and it kind of goes through like a little bit of almost the history or kind of the, the current landscape on this. So I guess there's this sort of debate between scientists about this issue. And some of these scientists, mainly ones who are very focused on cardiovascular health, say that eggs are very bad for you and that they cause events related to cardiovascular disease, like a stroke or a heart attack, heart failure. And some of these scientists even claim that the pro-egg science is propaganda from the American Egg Board, which I guess maybe has some strong lobby going on. The American Egg Board lobby. Oh my God, this is like House of Cards. Yeah, it's so, it, it goes all the way to the top, James. <laughs> <laughs> so the American Egg Board kind of replies to this and say that, well, hang on, we fall under all the regulations of the FDA and all sorts of other medical associations that recommend things to us. We don't have, you know, obviously we have a vested interest in people eating eggs, but we're just interested in people studying eggs because we're required to fund egg studies by the FDA. Okay, so they're not this nefarious lobby. Well, you know, that's, so on one side you have someone saying they are a nefarious lobby, and on the other side you have them saying we're not a nefarious lobby. Like, obviously I'm sure the truth is somewhere in between, right? You might say a classic case of chicken and the egg. Ah, I guess you could say that. By classic, I mean you know, sort of a yeah. new twist. It's on more. It's favorite. more like a. It's more like an over medium kind of situation. Hmm. You know. So <laughs> <laughs> let's just cut the egg puns now. I think we're gonna. I think we're, we're gonna kill roll, ourselves. So. Let's, oh. <laughs> we'll okay. We're um, just cracking the surface. Oh, James. All right. Episode's over. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> But so one problem kind of with this fact that the American Egg Board says, well, we follow these recommendations is that in 2013, the American Health Association actually stopped recommending a cap on daily cholesterol intake. So I think it used to be, you know, 200 milligrams of cholesterol was sort of the recommended daily dose. Um, but then they got rid of that in 2013. And I think part of that was just like, it's unrealistic for anyone to eat less than 200 milligrams of cholesterol, at least maybe here in America. <laughs> Wow, interesting. I I didn't realize that. It's interesting how these dietary recommendations continue to change, though. It seems like every couple of years, you know, they're like, eat lots of carbs, don't eat a lot of meat, and it switches, or I, I don't know. 
Yeah, and apparently the food pyramid is no longer like a good way to look at things, even though we spent our entire childhood learning that. I don't know. So that was sad. You're right. It's 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 very fluid. Um, the American College of Cardiology, I think, as part of their justification for this recommendation, was quote. Overall, prospective cohort studies do not support a link between egg consumption and risk of cardiovascular events or mortality. Evidence showing benefits of reduced consumption of eggs appears lacking. Hmm. So keep that quote in mind as we begin to talk about this paper. So granted, this was this was in 2017, this quote was from. This paper now is from March 2019. But evidence showing benefit of reduced consumption of eggs appears lacking, is what they said. Man, like... My palms are sweating. I love eating eggs so much. It's part of my daily routine. It's who I am. Literally, like, you know, you take three meals a day and you consider you are what you eat. I'm 30% egg. 70% water, (laughs) 30% eggs. Yeah. Egg is in your bones, James. Literally. I mean, I don't know if eggs have calcium, but they could be. Um, (laughs) So... You know, you got us on this cliffhanger. Evidence showing benefit of reduced consumption of eggs appears lacking. What finally convinced these authors to write this paper? Was it the egg lobby? No. So this study is actually funded by a fellowship from the American Heart Association Strategically Focused Research Networks. But so it's the yeah, it's the AHA that is funding okay. this study. So kind of the the other side of the battleground from the egg lobby, if if there if that is a battleground. You know, Aren't the not- sort of unfairly interested in heart health though i mean let's be real they sort of have some competing interests in this yeah they've got a real vested interest in keeping those hearts healthy those bastards yeah (laughs) okay so (laughs) anyway not to take sides here because we do love (laughs) eggs here so yeah so tell us more about this paper what sort of things were they looking into and how did they go about answering this decades-long question yeah so i mean obviously they were motivated to write this because this link between cholesterol intake and cardiovascular disease is so controversial and it's been in the news so much. And I guess there were some recent statements in the Dietary Guidelines for Americans 2015 to 2020. One said, cholesterol is not a nutrient of concern for overconsumption. And the other one said, individuals should eat as little dietary cholesterol as possible while consuming a healthy eating pattern. So there was sort of that contradiction in there, and I think that motivated this author, Victor Zhang, from Northwestern University, to look at a very broad set of data on cholesterol and egg consumption to see essentially what is the long-term effect of, of, of consuming these. And the study was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, and it's called Associations of Dietary Cholesterol or egg consumption with incident cardiovascular disease and mortality. And this is published in March 2019. So what coverage did you see of this in the popular media? So, and get ready because now you're going to have the answer spoiled for you, James. So Time said, eggs may be bad for the heart, a new study says, but there's more to the story. That doesn't tell me anything. Well, here, here, comes, here comes the nail in the coffin, sorry. CNN says, Three or more eggs a week increase your risk of heart disease and early death, study says. Oh. That means you, James. That's not good. That's in the headline. So <laughs> what about like uh, 12 eggs a week? You know, is it maybe it's like a bell curve, you know, three or <laughs> yeah, more? No. no, actually, it's only three eggs that's bad for you. <laughs> gotcha. 12 eggs is fine. Uh, and then here's here's a headline that's a little more 
fear-mongering, and we'll, we'll talk about it at the end. Newser says, study, eggs aren't just unhealthy, they kill. Ooh. Whoa. All right. I'm, uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous now, Charlie. Yeah. I'm sorry, James, but I had to bring it up. It's for your own good. Okay. Well, we see where this is going to end. Maybe you could at least enlighten us to how they got there, how they ruined our lives. Okay. Uh, you know, just so that you can pick apart the study and call out why it's BS, because that's what everyone does every time one of these studies comes out. But Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I think that'll make me feel better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just keep living in denial. Yes. So what they actually did in this study was they analyzed data from six different cohorts of something called the Lifetime Risk Pooling Project. What's the Lifetime Risk Pooling Project? So this was actually, I think it's just this collection of data that is meant for analyzing like the long-term risk of dying from cardiovascular disease or coronary heart disease or a stroke. I think it's collected and operated by these two universities. But you can actually go to this website, lifetimerisk.org. And I actually highly recommend anyone who's listening, go to lifetimerisk.org. You can enter your own data and it gives you an actual percentage chance that you will die of cardiovascular disease in the next 30 years. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Everybody click on this. <laughs> yeah. Find out. Dude, it's like really nerve wracking. So I went in and I punched in my info. I, I kind of had to guess with some things like I didn't know my cholesterol level off the top of my head, but um, I scored 0.5% chance hmm. in the next 30 years. Well done. Which is like, I mean, I don't know. That's not zero. It's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's never zero. Yeah, I mean, it helps that I'm young. But I think, you know, looking through this this paper, like, I think the overall chance of dying from cardiovascular disease is like 25%, which is crazy. So, you know, as you get older, that number just keeps climbing. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, like we talked about in last week's episode with the astronauts, too. I mean, it's a huge factor and, you know, affects different populations differently. Yeah, yeah. And actually, they find some interesting results on that front, which we'll we'll get to later. So on that note, who did they study in their data set? Yeah, so I mentioned it was these six different cohorts, and they took everyone from these six cohorts that didn't already have cardiovascular disease and that also didn't eat like too little or too much every day or anyone that was you know missing any data they threw out. And for all of these people that they took, they have full data on like what they eat in a given week. Granted, it's all self-reported, but this was a sample size of 29,615 adults, and 45% were men, 55% were women, 62% white, 31% black, 4% Hispanic, 2% Chinese. So it's like a solid, you know, kind of ethnic and gender cross-section of, you know, almost 30,000 people, which is a huge sample size. Yeah, it seems like actually a pretty good sample size. And so what are they looking for then in the actual data? So I think that all of these people, they have sort of initial reports and then follow-up reports and there could be like a long period of time between those reports and what they're looking for is during those time gaps any events of fatal or non-fatal coronary heart disease stroke heart failure and generally cardiovascular disease death from other causes which i don't quite understand but i think that that just lets them sort of take an all-encompassing they died out of out of the data so okay and so what time period was the data from? So the, I mentioned, you know, the, yeah, they had the sort of follow-ups. The median 
time between reports was 17 and a half years. And I think the earliest report they had was 1985. And the most recent that they had was 2016. So it's covering like a pretty broad, you know, 30 year period with with the median being 17 and a half. Okay, so they had a few follow ups from this pretty large group of people, almost 30,000 people over like a 30 year period. So then like, what did they start just looking at how many eggs they ate? Or how did they start finding this correlation between heart disease and the number of eggs that they were eating? So basically from here, you know, they have all this data on these people's diets and specifically their egg consumption and then more generally their cholesterol intake. And they basically just do this massive statistical analysis, which like I can't pretend to understand super well. I am the furthest thing from a statistician that there is, but um, it's very, very thorough. Did they control for any other factors? Like what if they loved bacon and eggs, you know? The classic combo. Yeah, they did, actually. So, I mean, they just sort of decided to base the interpretation of their results specifically on consumption of eggs and cholesterol because that would make the results more relatable to people. Like, they're kind of going for this to be visible. But they also looked at the links with, like, processed meat and unprocessed red meat and fish, poultry, dairy products, uh, because these are other things that are common in people's diets that could be high sources of cholesterol. So they kind of wanted to parse out, like, is it eggs or is it just cholesterol? That's the problem. You know, if you ate a ton of, yeah, bacon all the time, would you see the exact same result as eating eggs all the time? Oh, interesting. All right. So they're looking at egg and cholesterol intake, but what's sort of a baseline? So the mean egg consumption among these 29,000 people was about three to four eggs per week, which is half of an egg each day. And the mean cholesterol intake was about 293 milligrams per day. So, you know, round that up to 300. And so with this baseline, they kind of wanted to base the analysis on saying, what additional risk is there as you deviate from that baseline? So if you had an extra half an egg each day compared to the baseline of one half egg each day, what's the effect on your heart health? Or if you have an extra 300 milligrams of cholesterol each day, what effect does that have on your risk of cardiovascular disease or death? Interesting. Okay, so they looked at both what happens if you deviate from that mean in terms of egg intake and cholesterol intake. Yeah, exactly. So kind of going like with the one specific source versus just cholesterol in general. All right. So begrudgingly, I ask, (laughs) what were the results of this analysis? So over the course of that 17 and a half years on average, there were 5,400 incident cardiovascular disease events, which means coronary heart disease, stroke, or heart failure. And there were 6,132 all-cause deaths, which is like kind of a lot. That's like one in six or almost one in five cardiovascular disease events. Yeah. Yikes. That really highlights kind of how big of a problem it is in general. Yeah, that's scary. Were those deaths due to CBD? So the like 5,400 deaths? Were they related to egg intake at all? Get ready, James. So the result of this was that, yes, they found a monotonic increase in incident cardiovascular disease and death with increasing cholesterol or egg consumption. Would you mind putting that in English for people who don't study monotonically increasing (laughs) functions? Yeah. So monotonically increasing just means that it's always going up. There's There's no sweet spot. 
So that just means that every little bit more of cholesterol or eggs that you consume directly corresponds to a higher chance of death or cardiovascular disease event. Wow. I mean, that's scary. I eat 12 eggs a week. Yeah. I think you're in the high percentile of egg consumption. Did they say when's too late to change? Am I past? Charlie, am I past my limit? No. So that's actually kind of the beauty of this result, this whole monotonically increasing thing, is that it's like what they say with smoking too. Like if you, it's so bad for you to do all the time, but if you stop now, like you can immediately reduce your risk of dying, you know? I mean, unless you already caught lung cancer or whatever, but you know, this result sort of implies that you can cut back your cholesterol intake now or your egg intake now and reduce this risk in the future. Again, again, assuming that these results are correct and that it is a causation, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later. Oh, man. Breakfast just got a little less exciting, but I guess, I guess there's a sunny side upside to this whole thing. <laughs> My God, James. <laughs> ah. No, I have to say, like reading this paper made me kind of feel gross like numbness in your arm chest ache yeah it kind of made me feel like my heart was like feeling heavier like i'm sitting there eating a double stuffed oreo while i'm reading this paper (laughs) and i'm getting to the results and i'm like maybe i should put this down (laughs) i mean there's no conclusive evidence that oreos are bad for you so let's not that's true the oreo lobby has been pushing hard though yeah so i don't know if i can trust those studies you should be careful if nabisco is listening yeah well so okay we talked about this analysis that they did looking at both egg intake as well as cholesterol intake were they able to put any specific numbers as to like how much more risk you're taking on if you go above the average yeah so for egg consumption each additional half an egg per day increases your risk of death by 1.93 percentage points which is an eight percent increase over you know each step down whoa okay yeah so and another another three to four eggs a week so that means that james you at 12 eggs per week compared to the average person at four eggs per week are like 17 percent higher risk of dying from a cvd event <laughs> over the next you know 30 years or so oh my god all right oh, i should stop yeah sorry to put it in those terms james <laughs> <laughs> jeez charlie i thought you were my friend yeah, and they actually found that this association, like the increased risk, stays even if you control for these other food groups. So even if you control for red meat and poultry and dairy products, you still have this increased risk of death for each additional half an egg per day. But it goes away if you control for overall cholesterol consumption, which really all this really means is that this result is independent of the quality of your diet. So even if you have like a bad diet, you could still cut eggs and reduce your risk of dying from heart disease. Whoa. Okay. Sort of like regardless of how well or poorly you eat, too many eggs will be bad. Right. And I think that's strictly because it's got almost 200 milligrams of cholesterol per egg. You know, so if you're talking about 300 being a baseline and each egg has 200 milligrams, like you're kind of uh, you're kind of going way over your limit, you know, just from having two eggs. And so I think that that's why you get this effect. So if you just look at cholesterol consumption, though, regardless of eggs, each additional 300 milligrams of cholesterol that you eat increases your risk of death by 18%. So it's like 4.43 percentage points. Holy cow. But that's an 18% increase over what it was before. So cholesterol is really bad. I mean, like bad cholesterol is really bad. 
cholesterol is not good for you. And they found the same thing. Like this association goes away if you control for egg consumption. So what that really just means is that the link between eggs and premature death is entirely explained by their cholesterol content, which is kind of what I mentioned before. Well, so on that depressing note, were there any other interesting trends that they found in the data? I mean, they had such a broad sampling of the population. Like, did they find anything interesting between men and women or between different ethnicities or, you know, something like that? Yeah, there actually were a couple things that jumped out as interesting. So one thing I thought was interesting was they said people with a BMI, like a body mass index, less than 25 had a stronger effect from cholesterol on incident cardiovascular disease than people who were overweight. So BMI, less than 25 is, is I think, healthy weight. Overweight is 25 to 30, and obese is greater than 30. And so people who had this low BMI had a worse effect from cholesterol intake than people who were overweight or obese. Whoa, that's really weird. I mean, maybe it's not, but... Yeah, I'm kind of trying to think of like how that is explained. Like if you're a healthy weight, because, you know, a heart attack can happen to anyone of any size. Yeah. So you're, I don't know. I was reading this interesting like sports article about this guy who was really fit. I think he was like 50 or something and he was a big runner and he had a heart attack. And what they were saying was you can be sort of lulled into this sense of safety if you're really active and exercise a lot, but you're still just as at risk or perhaps even more, you know, if you're not eating the right foods. Yeah, like if you're fit and you're a healthy weight, but you eat a ton of eggs or something, yeah, something like that, you know, because cholesterol does not necessarily just mean fat, so. Yeah, man. Yeah, sorry, James. Oh, I'm just really bummed. Breakfast will never be the same. You can still have egg whites. But you're right, that's not the same. Do I look like I'm 65, Charlie? I mean, you act like it sometimes, but... <laughs> there was another interesting thing, you know, you, you mentioned between men and women. They found that the link between eggs and death and cholesterol and death was stronger for women than it was for men. Really? I wonder why that would be. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no... I can't even speculate. Like, I have no clue. And, you know, they point out that this study is just observational. They don't have any thoughts on what could cause these links or if these links have even a causal relationship. So they just sort of throw that out there like, oh yeah, it affects women worse than men. Hmm. On to the next point. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if NASA is reading this at all for looking at the diets for male and female astronauts, like if they control that at all between gender based on last week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they have like the most top nutritionists in the world working with them. So I would hope that, yeah, they're probably up, up to date on this stuff. Yeah, that would be a pretty sweet job. One last thing that they say too is that eggs and dietary cholesterol are both associated with non-cardiovascular disease death as well. So like there was a correlation between egg consumption and just like any... Like getting hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah. So I think that they don't have data on how a person died if it wasn't a cardiovascular disease event. But I mean, this could be something like... I mean, these could be like cancer or yeah like getting hit by a car but let's talk more about something like cancer or <laughs> something else or a different disease like that whoa and interestingly they find that that link goes away when you control for those other unhealthy food sources so that sort of implies that this link has to do with kind of overall diet that your overall diet could be contributing overwhelmingly to premature death jeez yeah, but I thought that was really interesting. Like, I mean, that you that opens up a whole new array of studies. Like, does increased cholesterol consumption through red meats and eggs and processed meats lead to cancer? 
And does it lead to, and you know, I think they've already identified that a lot of that stuff does lead to cancer, but you know, I'd love to see this same style of study on, you know, these non-heart disease effects. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder too, like I've heard criticisms of some of these where it's like, they do notice an increase, but is it like actually noticeable in certain people? And so I guess I'm curious from reading this and personally not having really read any of the other research papers from different studies, what sets the study apart? What makes these results more valid now versus the news headlines that we heard about however many years ago? Yeah, so the authors kind of make a point in the paper to identify what was lacking in earlier studies. So I think some of these earlier studies that had controversial findings, they were dealing with like inhomogeneous data that was very sparse. And they had all these different cohorts that were reporting different types of data. And so it was very hard to link them up to form one cohesive data set. And I think a lot of them didn't really take these confounding factors into account, like that egg consumption may be correlated with low physical activity or smoking or having an unhealthy diet. Um, Whereas in this study, they had all that information from their cohorts. And so they're able to take those different factors into effect. Hmm. And I think this study also had a longer follow-up period than most studies. Like this 17 and a half year average follow-up is, I guess, you know, somewhat unprecedented. So. Wow. Okay. Well, so what were some of the limitations then of the study? Just so it's kind of clear to everyone who's listening on, you know, who may be considering changing their morning diet, just asking for a friend. Yeah. So yeah. And, you know, to balance out kind of their selling points there. So with any study where you have self-reported data, there's going to be some sort of measurement error. So for example, like they are taking a single measurement, let's say in 1985, of what that person eats on a weekly basis. And that could just be at the time what you're eating. But you know, like if you asked me how many eggs I eat per week, three years ago, that number would be really high. But if you asked me this week, it would not be very high at all, just because for whatever reason, I just don't eat eggs as much anymore. So they're basing their data off of like these single event reports that could be years or even decades apart from each other. So that could be a big source of inaccuracy. The other thing that I already mentioned was they don't have access to cause-specific mortality. Like if someone died from cancer, um, they only know if they died from this a CVD-related event. And this was also all based on a U.S. population. And so you really can't generalize these results. Or they advise against generalizing these results to a non-U.S. population just because diets of people outside the U.S. and their disease epidemiologies could be like wildly different from what we see sort of as an average here in the country. Interesting. Yeah. And then finally, which I've already mentioned this, I think three times, but just to really drive this home, they did not establish any sort of causality here. They just sort of pointed out the correlation. Although the correlation is very concrete and almost damning, they don't have any evidence that suggests why eggs cause CVD death or something like that. So they just say, here's the observation. And it's very convincing from the data do with that what you will yeah yeah it's good to remember that truthfully i'm like pretty surprised about the self-reporting frequency you know over this period of time they said the median report rate was like 17 years yeah i don't know what i ate 17 years ago so it's like you know maybe you go through a period of three to four years where you eat eggs a lot and then you don't eat any at all like think about how often diet fads change anyways it's like every six months like people could change their diet exactly yeah so you're basing 17 years worth of egg consumption 
on what they were eating that one particular week that they reported. So like you said, yeah. But I think that I think that because they're getting this sample size of, you know, 30,000 people. And when you actually look at the figures in this study, when they show like the cholesterol intake, there's like a very, there's a pretty like normal distribution, you know, with a long tail showing the cholesterol intake of the given diets and the eggs, it's a little less normal. But I think that's just because of how discrete of a number you have to choose for number of eggs you eat in a week. Two and three quarters eggs a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can't break it down that specific. But I think even though maybe each person will actually sort of change their egg consumption a bit over time, I think the distribution of egg consumption reports they got is probably very representative of the population. And again, like each death on an individual basis maybe could have such a different effect from changing their egg habits. But I think since you're taking this huge sample size, even just the number of deaths was was a sample size of 6,000. So I think you average that out across everything and hopefully you have something relatively convincing. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to find holes, man. Just trying to find <laughs> Sorry, holes. James. Let me eat my eggs. <laughs> well, you'd, you'd fit in very well in the comments section of some of these articles that I read. Were people pretty fired up about it? Oh, man, yeah. So, you know, that one headline that I read from newser.com that said, study eggs aren't just unhealthy, they kill. There was a little thing at the end of the article that lets you vote, like, on your quote-unquote take on this story. And there's a bunch of options, like, depressing or hilarious or intriguing. Um, 47% of people voted that it was ridiculous as one of you know that's one of the choices so half of the people reading it said this is ridiculous and the comments are very illuminating pretty much everybody saying oh this is such bs these intellectuals they're all they're lying to you and they change their mind every two years about this i'm just gonna keep eating my eggs so oh man well i mean the headline's pretty misleading but truthfully i mean like that's a misleading headline and that's what leads a lot of people to mistrust the researchers like they didn't say that eggs kill they just said like hey there's this body of data if you look at it in more detail you may not want to eat so many eggs every week yeah exactly that and that's that's exactly why people have these negative reactions and like this article even had some i mean granted first of all this article was only two paragraphs long so like you're not going to do justice to this in two paragraphs and of those two paragraphs, which made up six sentences, two sentences were factually inaccurate. It said, uh, it said those who ate 300 milligrams of dietary cholesterol daily had an 18% higher chance of death by any cause. And it's like, no, it's each additional 300 milligrams of cholesterol daily. You're saying that those who eat a completely normal amount of cholesterol every day have a higher chance of dying by any cause. Well, like higher than what? You're just saying an average consumption value. So I, I don't know. Wow, it's just wrong. It's just incorrect. Yeah, it's just it's wrong and it's misleading. And it, it, it sounds scary because then it says those who downed three to four eggs weekly had an 8% higher chance of death. And so if you're reading that and you eat three to four eggs weekly and suddenly it's telling you, oh, you have an 8% higher chance of death. And it's like, no one's going to ask like, oh, well, then higher than who or higher than what? They're just going to say like, oh, oh my God. Also, just to be clear, we all have a 100% chance of death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just putting that out there. But if you Spoiler. eat three to four eggs a week, you have a 108% chance of death. So oh. according to newser.com. <laughs> Thanks, newser. <laughs> yeah. 
But so, you know, you can understand why people have these very defensive reactions when they see something like this. Like it's an assault on their lifestyle, if you read that, right? Hey, man, you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) Yeah, you can relate, right? (laughs) So since dietary articles are so popular and they're really quick to make the headlines, you know, you see them every week for since the beginning of our lives. How did you actually feel going in and reading the research behind this? Like based on this article, would you personally change anything or did you have any unique insights? I will say that for a long time now anyway, I've already been like, huh, I don't know what my cholesterol level is. And I don't ever really think about how much saturated fat or anything that I eat. And I realized like, wow, I eat a crap load of fat. (laughs) And so like reading this study, I think was it was almost like this was a long time coming to convince me like, all right, I can't just like sit here in denial anymore. It's it's bad for you to eat all this cholesterol. And you know what? Even if this study is like wrong, it can't be good for you, right? I don't know. So I guess what I'm saying is like, for now, I will be a lot more careful about my dietary cholesterol. You know, I'm not going to cut out eggs entirely or anything like that. But next time that I see one of these, especially if I see one that says eggs are good for you, I'm going to read that paper because I really want to know the other side of this debate. And, you know, reading this paper, I'm very convinced and it's very valid to me. There's nothing about this that seems like, oh, they've got an agenda here. So I'm going to read the other side of this debate in in an actual research paper and see if it looks questionable to me. That sounds very fair. It's hard to fault you on that one, Charlie. What are you going to do about your egg intake, James? I am going to cut down my egg intake. Truthfully, hearing myself say that out loud, that I eat like, you know, 12 to 14 eggs a week, sounds kind of ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it, it actually does kind of sound freaky when you think about it. Yeah. So, you know, I may go to a nice uh, cereal and milk or I guess milk still has cholesterol. Maybe uh, apple. Maybe I'll eat an apple for breakfast. Yeah, but I think that's the point is like, yeah, milk maybe has a little bit of cholesterol. It's like, you know, it's a dairy product. But one egg is 200 milligrams of cholesterol. So that's just like a concentrated ball of cholesterol, you know. So I think if you're replacing like half of those eggs a week with, yeah, like an apple or cereal or whatever then you're probably already doing much better well i guess i have to open this up to the listeners i don't actually know what else there is to eat for breakfast so if you have any (laughs) ideas have any favorites uh shoot us a message at paperboys pod for my own good i love breakfast and uh yeah we'll have a listener contest choose james's diet We'll send out a Twitter poll. Whatever gets the highest votes, James will eat for a week. Stay tuned for the thrilling results. <laughs> yeah. You should also, when you're when you're looking out for James's diet poll, go check out our website, paperboyspodcast.com. We will post this study as well as that Daily Beast article talking about sort of the history and controversy behind these egg studies and maybe like a news article or two on this study in particular if you don't feel like reading the paper. Again, that's paperboyspodcast.com. You can find all this information related to this episode. There's also a link to our merchandise there. We have Paperboys t-shirts and mugs and stickers, phone cases, you know, random stuff. They look really cool and it's a great way for you to support the show. And it means a lot to us when we see people wearing our logo around. It actually is a really, really awesome feeling. So if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to share it on social media. You can link to us at Twitter and Instagram through our handle at paperboyspod. Join us next week for another exciting edition of Paperboys. Thanks for listening.